Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. This time we're from Kriviroch. Yes, yes, we're out and we're all totally safe. Kriviroch, by the way, is, as I was being told, is a place where Zelensky comes from. So that's that's an interesting situation here. Uh, we've been traveling. Our bureaucracy is slowing us down, and I have to go back to Riga quite soon due to, well, personal reasons, a lot of them. But, um, yeah, been here in total for two weeks, but uh, still, <laughs> the new press accreditation is hard to come by these days, and, and fixers and everything. We've uh, gotten a lot of material about Odessa Church, the, the one that was bombed, but it's all in video mostly, and that's got to come out with Victor's stuff and everything. I'm not really sure that's podcast material. And we also went back to Mikolaev, you know, the town, the town where we were last time. And, uh, well, saw a lot of new destroyed buildings and everything, which was pretty bad. Because, you know, the theater building was struck again, Admiralty. Didn't feel very good. Sorry for being so quiet, I suppose, but um, Anthony's taking a shower. We're in a small cottage type of situation here. We have a single room, three beds, and Anthony's showering right now, Victor's moving the car out of the way so that the other guys who are staying in another cottage can can leave. So we're doing pretty well. But all in all, what's been happening with the war, and we'll get to some inter- interesting stuff as well, what's been happening with the war is that um, Ukraine has been now enforcing more military blockade than, well, Russia has. If you remember, the Russia threatened to exit the grain deal, and they did, and then they threatened that they'll treat every ship as an enemy and all this stuff. Well, what has happened instead is that Ukraine also said that they will not treat Russian ships as potential enemy ships. And Ukraine has been way more active by doing this. They have sent all sorts of drones and explosions, and a tanker was also also attacked. A tanker Zieg was... I'm, I'm not sure if it, if it relates to German Zieg, but it's called just Zieg, and it's a Russian tanker, and that was attacked by drones. Another thing happened that in some islands, in some places near near the Black Sea. Also, uh, yet another case of Russian uh, armies or a negative evolution has happened, apparently. A lot of articles are popping out on the Z military channels about how Russia these days is just destroying its own military due to how, well, everyone's just too afraid to report on anything. First story comes from the fact that in one of these islands, yet another group of Russian soldiers were just forced out and just forced out and made to stand in nice little organized parade line. They were filmed by a Ukrainian drone. They kept standing there and then they were exploded. The thing is that, yeah, well, this wasn't even reported anywhere. And that's the biggest part of the story. You see, in Russia, it's really bad to say anything cri- critical of Putin's government currently, especially since after the whole Prigozhin affair, which, by the way, you know, if you haven't checked out, please, we made an extensive think about it but um what happens is that the russian generals just simply do not learn do not report anything and the z channels the whole propaganda affair girkin by the way is still in jail they uh, are all very up in arms and aggressive about this situation since since basically this means that these things will ha- repeat and happen again and the reason why everyone's why everyone is so afraid is that they have created these Storm Z or Storm Z units as a punishment. Since you know there is mobilization still ongoing in Russia, well, it's not very active, and they're just taking people from the regions. However, you have to understand that it never went away on paper. There was no order about um, about Russia canceling its mobilization efforts. Therefore, if your contract runs out, 
because there are a lot of people who are contracted soldiers there and volunteers, it gets automatically extended. And you can't leave. You can't just, you know, say that, oh, sorry, my contract is over, and just sign a paper and declare that you are out of this so-called special military operation. So, you also can't punish these people, because everyone's on the front lines up now. This is why the Surovikin line has not yet been broken, and everything's just going piecemeal, and everything's been happening and slowly. Because Russia's literally stuffed everyone on the front lines, which is why the stupid laws about mobilization age and everything like that, and increased control have been also put it in there. So, what's happening is that Russia is right now figuring a way how to punish the people who just refuse to go to fight. Because out of units, we have heard and seen many uh, report, for example, a unit that used to, have, used to have 150 soldiers in it now only has like two, and things like that. And a lot of these volunteers who believed in Putin's propaganda in the early war, well, they have uh, decided that yeah, this is kind of nonsense. We, we get no air support. And as they call themselves, they're being annulled. And a lot of these people are just refusing to fight. And the morale is problematic. They're being forced to go into front lines by punishments. And Zagrada Atriade, you know, the units that stand behind you, haven't heard of them in a while, but they used to exist for, for a bit at least. That great, lo- glorious Chechen leader Ramzan Kadyrov was part of these things and his guys... But currently, you know, as the soldiers have decided that it's actually better to go to prison, then you can't really court-martial them because it's not a war in Russia, legally. And again, this legal facade must be maintained for them. So they've decided this new new way of punishing. This is these so-called Storm Z units. What it happens is that these are the units where now, instead of the Wagner group, in these, the, the prisoners, the convicts, are being pushed into. And these are so. These are basically the analogs of the Strafbat. The idea is that right now all the military units, all of them, standard ones too, on the second and third line. Specifically, I know this because I literally yesterday watched a video where unit where soldiers from these units were complaining, and they're saying that every week some certain number of soldiers from the second and third lines has to be sent off to the forward to these Storm Z battalions. The thing is, Storm Z battalions get sent into combat with minimal equipment, no dog tags, no nothing, and they have basically no rights. They're not being evacuated, they're not being you know, cared for, their dead are just left there, as there's a saying in the Russian military, that's also for the cops, like, uh, if there's no body, there's no case. I think that something similar is in American culture as well, usually about homicides and their investigations, but in this case, it also means, you know, if you don't realize, recognize the body and you don't pick it up, you know, no need to evacuate it. And heavily wounded might get pulled out, just might. Lightly wounded just get sent back to combat. There's been no rotation for months in Russian army, if ever. And now, well, basically, if you show some grumpiness about not being rotated, not being given food, not being given equipment, not being given training and all this uh, support in the Russian army, then you're being, you know, attached to these units. But the Russian casualties have been so high that the guys in the military there, they claim that um, right now the officers are forced to basically, you know, uh, catch anyone that they can and send over to the front lines. Otherwise, the officers will, will be forced to go themselves, which means that every week, three to four guys from every unit on the Russian side get sent off to these Storm Z units, which have no markings, which have nothing happening for them. And, you know, they just get sent off in these meat assaults and, and just to die. And there's a lot of guys there on the front lines, but it's just the first line. 
Russian defense seems to be less in depth and more very brittle and concentrated upon the fo- upon forward, upon the front, which means that if Ukraine continues doing this and doing the their assaults all throughout, then uh, then yeah, I think we might see some some success. Current estimates about the end of the war, as you might have heard from Mark in my interview her- here, with, which I did with him, are ranging about two years, maybe. I think maybe three. I hope it's faster, of course, but it is what it is. Anyway, front is difficult here in these parts. A lot of checkpoints, a lot of everything. Things are happening. People are being, you know, conscripted all all, all over, also Ukraine, especially in Odessa area. And uh, life of the war is interesting. Yesterday we also went through Mykolaiv, and we also saw one of these air raid alarms once again, very loud ones just behind us, by the way. And the kids continued playing, and it seems like no one cares about it. Everyone cares about the proper paperwork, though, which is interesting. Oh yeah, once again, uh, film material—it's it, on our Discord. I'll attach our Discord link to our uh, to this show notes of this episode because, well, for one, you get to see videos and pictures there, and secondly, um, I am, was just banned from Twitter yet again. And I don't even know for what this time, because I have been careful not to do anything, you know, very stupid un- that argues with with uh, Russian Russian uh, propagandists and anything like that. So, in case of whatever, I will just post a Discord link at the end of this episode. Please come join. We have movie nights where we, you know, where I stream movies and then we t- discuss them. We uh, we wa- we have so far watched Death of Stalin. Red Dawn and 12 Chairs, the Soviet version, and this Saturday, as I'll be home, we will be watching Dr. Strangelove. Thanks, Anthony, for recommending this. That's Anthony from, that's Anthony, is Anthony Barthaway from Ukraine Without Hype podcast. You should go check it out if you haven't already. At any rate, we're trying to get as much information as we can from these parts. Uh, we're going to see the flooded areas around Zaporozhye near the Kakivka Dam today, and that's going to be fun. But, you know, this is just a kind of an interlude between all the other things. Yeah, Ukraine's blockading Russia. The Russian generals are for afraid to do anything. The Russian soldiers are demotivated. Girkin's fanatics are just <laughs> going on a bit of a weird situation there, where they're writing letters to Putin. They're also taking to. They're also saying that they need to take matters into their own hands. And there's some sort of negativity happening in the air. Moore's one of the guys who used to do all the technical stuff and all the communications with. Um, for the Russian side, at least in Donbass, one of these very freaky fanatics. Yeah, he's claiming that Russian government is leading everyone to, to, to defeat. An interesting thing was plopped into me in Discord, by the way, by Maxnert, who's a Czech listener and an active person on Discord. Again, Discord is much better than Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter or you followed me on Twitter, please come and, and, and check uh, check out our Discord channel. We have like a lot of people there and it's very active and we're, we like it there. Uh, by the way, the hats... We are. I have now summarized it. If you have uh, ordered a hat, and and you have uh, PayPal me the money for it, please c- join again Discord and message. Um, you'll you'll see where 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 to send your address once again, so it would be all in one spot. I need to buy a lot more hats. I have about like fourteen in total to send away, and there's gonna be more. So if you still want a Ukraine hat. Please join in and and yeah, Discord is not for patrons only. We have a patron Discord, Patreon only Discord channel in our Discord where we watch the movies, but everything else in the Discord is awesome. We have Euro politics threads, American politics threads, gaming threads, the place where we post memes, everything. It's 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 great and a lot of people are there. But what I wanted to say is that in this Discord, Max Nerd gave us a 
an article written by Sergei A. Karaganov, who apparently is Doctor of History, and uh, he's on the Council of Foreign and Defense Policy of Russia. And I'm not going to do all, all of the situation, like what he recommends here, because it's a lot of nonsense, but I'm going to read you from this, because this thread kind of shook me, this, this article, since it explains the situation that Russia is in now, because they're trying to find solutions, because they can't change the system, the corruptness of everything, because, well, in that case, yeah, you know, the corruption might go upwards, and, and a lot of people in powerful positions might get sacked. We wouldn't want that. So how do we deal with this situation? Quoting from, from the article, Russia and its leadership seem to be facing a difficult choice. It becomes increasingly clear that a clash with the West cannot end even if we win a partial or even a crushing victory in Ukraine. It will really be a partial victory if we liberate uh, four regions. It will be a slightly better, bigger victory if we liberate the entire east and south of present-day Ukraine in the next year or two. But there will still remain a part of it with an even more embittered ultranationalist population pumped up with weapons, a bleeding wound threatening inevitable complications and a new war. Perhaps the worst situation may occur, may occur if, at the cost of enormous losses, we liberate the whole of Ukraine, and by liberate they mean conquer and oppress, obviously, and remain in ruins with a population that mostly hates us. Its redemption will take more than a decade. Any, op any option, especially the latter one, will distract our country from making an urgently needed step to finish its spiritual, economic and military political focus to the east of Eurasia. We will get stuck in the West with no prospects in the foreseeable future, while present-day Ukraine, primarily its central and western re regions, will, snap, will sap managerial, human and financial resources out of the country. These regions were heavily subsidized, even in the Soviet times. That is a lie. That is a blatant lie. Ukraine always provided all the grain. Ukraine wasn't a subsidized region, just saying. I mean, Donetsk was also the major hub of all the coal industry. You, you can't really... You can't really, you know, call that this is going to be subsidized. Like, Ukraine was, was not a subsidizer. Like, sorry, Ukraine wasn't subsidized. Ukraine was, was a donor region, just saying, but still. The feud in the West will continue as it will su support low-grade guerrilla civil war. I mean, that's kind of cute that he really wants to, wants to basically speaking, speak about uh, how Russia still has chance and everything. But still, it's just, just bizarre. Now, now he just spews all sorts of nonsense about the West further in the article with a selected quote of, <clears throat> The vector of development in most Western countries clearly indicates their movement towards a new fascism and, so far, liberal, in air quotes, totalitarianism. Which is utter nonsense and it's stupid, but it's weird. The thing is that, what's scary, and I'll get to it, <clears throat> what is most important is that the situation will only, only get worse there. Truce is possible, but peace is not. Anger and despair will keep growing in shifts and turns. This vector of the West's movement unambiguously indicates a slide towards World War III. It is already beginning and may erupt into a full-blown firestorm by chance or due to the growing incompetence and irresponsibility of modern ruling circles of the West. This is just crazy. The, continuing on. The advance of artificial intelligence and the robotization of war increase the threat of even unintended escalation. In fact, machines can get out of the control of confused elites. Skynet's gonna rule us all, people. Skynet's gonna rule us all. And he has a solution to this whole situation. Um, like I said, I'm not gonna read all the article, but the, some paragraphs are quite long and must be mentioned. For many years, I have studied the history of nuclear strategy and come to an unambiguous, albeit seemingly not quite scientific, conclusion. The creation of nuclear weapons was the result of divine intervention. 
horrified to see that people, Europeans and the Japanese who had joined them had unleashed the two world wars within the lifespan of one generation, sacrificing tens of millions of lives, God handed the weapon of Armageddon to humanity to remind those who had lost the fear of hell that it existed. It was this fear that ensured relative peace for the last three quarters of a century. That fear is gone now. What is happening now is unthinkable in accordance with previous ideas about nuclear deterrence. In a fit of desperate rage, the ruling circles of a group of countries have unleashed a full-scale war in the underbelly of a nuclear superpower. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Russian guy, who also thinks that, you know, this is the West who unleashed... Oh, I hate this stupidity. Anyways, the, the, the fear of nuclear weapons needs to be revived, otherwise humanity is doomed. Here's a proposed solution of the fact that the threshold of uh, nuclear weapons and their use must be lowered significantly, because of course we can only live in peace if there's a constant threat of nuclear nuclear annihilation, and it's like one of those one of those beautiful cases where, um, you know, we of course all should bow down to dictators just because they have the biggest stick. I think I think you know we should sort of prove to them that um, no Russia does not have the biggest stick, and it's not the thing because. This is crazy. This is the doctor of history. And this also shows the deterioration of Russian Academy of Sciences and all that, because this is scary. It really scares me to think that people in the academia would, would, would unleash such things and, and just be so blatantly open about this. I think the guy maybe had watched Oppenheimer movie and gotten the wrong conclusions from it or something, but it's just that pure madness is going on. And it's scary a lot. And I don't know, maybe this just shows the more they speak about nukes, that the more they actually are afraid of anything else and, and like you know plotting things out however this also just might be a case of um someone trying to appease putin and look cuter in his eyes or something but you know meanwhile, meanwhile on other russian news we have a lot of interesting cases here and um, interestingly enough russia has uh, russian fsb has opened a record record number of treason cases in the first seven months of 2023 Apparently, they have opened at least 82 criminal cases for treason, espionage, and, and all sorts of things. At the same time, Navalny, whom I'm not a fan of, but still his opposition to Putin, nonetheless, he got 19 years in prison for fabricated cases, obviously. But it doesn't matter. Navalny himself, by the way, states that this is definitely a life imprisonment. At the same time, people who are like, uh, who have been arrested and, and sued for, a for, for selling selling the technical spirits, you know, the methanol, the burnt alcohol to people, and as, as a result of which 44 people died. Uh, one of them got four years in prison, other one got four years in prison, and the third one was, like, left alone. If they had protested against something, they would have gotten 19 years in prison. But they only killed 44 people with their intentionally purchased technical spirits because it was cheaper and they just wanted to make some money, and that's about it. It's just... It's just a bit crazy. Because, yeah just shows you how everything happens here meanwhile about the treason cases which is also a thing that i've uh, that i kind of noticed you remember that um, there, there, there there was this thing of uh, marina osyanikova yeah she was the former employee of the russian state tv network channel one and she was the lady who ran on stage with an anti-war banner during a live broadcast in 2022 and her ex-husband of uh, russia today igor osyanikov has filed a suit the former couple have one son and one daughter together and the thing is, he now sues her to terminate her parental rights. In January 2023, the same court where he's like approached, they partially satisfied a lawsuit filed to cancel his ex-wife's residence permit. Additionally, a different Moscow court ruled that Osyanikov is required to pay child support to Osyanikov and that their daughter must live with their father. 
Treason cases, like I said. Just treason cases. That's a bit insane. And meanwhile, well, something from New York Times, and I don't like New York Times once again, but still, this just struck me as, as happening as crazy things. See, Dmitry Peskov, our uh, stalking mustache of Putin, apparently told the New York Times that Russian, Vladimir, Russian President Vladimir Putin we will, will be re-elected with 90% of the vote in 2024 Russian presidential election. Now, he after clarified that this is just personal opinion, but I think, you know, he was just too afraid to lie to American media. I think this is one of the few cases where uh, he was, like, you know, saying the truth. The problem is this event after that's going to happen there in 2024 has nothing to do with actual elections or anything like that, but we can be rest assured that Putin will get elected with 90% of more vote, and it doesn't really matter how, you know, votes are being cast anyways. So, Russia's going crazy, negative evolution, front lines been taken piecemeal, heavy fighting, and currently all the focus is on the sea and, uh, and the grain deal and everything. Kind of sad, not much, but at least I'm not arrested. I was probably bitten by some weird spidery thing or something. I have a weird red spot on my, my arm, though. But, you know, again, check the Discord and find that out. And I'll also link you uh, Victor's YouTube channel. Although, then again, if you join Discord, Victor will tell you all, all about the, his YouTube channel himself. He can do that because we have a nice community there. And I don't even know. If, if I'm not going to get unblocked on Twitter, I'm just not going back. Please, our Discord, it's always open there. Come on in. We have a Patreon channel. Like I said, we have everything. And it's going to be great. Das Vidanya, Tavarishi. And as always, remember, happiness is mandatory.